0: Hello and welcome back to this podcast series where we try to talk about bits of pharmacy and medicines related things in a short burst so that people don't get bored and wander off. This time we're yet again ditching talking about pharmacy procurement even though we promised to, what it is that they do and why without them we'd run out of stock more often and pay more for the bits we could buy. And we're ditching them again for the much more interesting topic of alpilisib with fulvestrant for the treatment of hormone receptor positive HER2 negative PIK3CA mutated advanced breast cancer. Snappy title. So the reason we've picked alpilisib this time is because there's an appraisal underway by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, and they've just released their final appraisal determination, or FAD, which for the process nerds out there is one step before actually releasing their final guidance. This means that we can have a look at what evidence they've looked at and use it to have a go and see if we'd come to the same conclusions as they did. Because if you're going to be looking at the evidence critically, it's something you need to practice. And having a fully worked up NICE review to compare your thinking against is an opportunity not to be missed. And actually, if you want to use this as a proper practice session, pause this podcast now, go read the NICE fad, and then come back to see if you agree with the rest of the podcast, or if you think I'm just talking bobbins. And for bonus points, see if you can link the topic of today to our favourite island named after a Christian day of celebration. Back with us? Excellent. So first off, what is alpilisib? Alpilisib is a first-in-class phosphatidyl-inositol 3-kinase targeting therapy for advanced breast cancer. As we all know, this is a really sensible target for treating patients with hormone receptor-positive, HER2 receptor-negative breast cancer, if they have a PIK3CA mutation, obviously. Okay, maybe we don't all know. So to go back to first principles, in many cancer cells, cell proliferation is controlled in part by the mTOR pathway, which is why everolimus, an mTOR inhibitor, is indicated in some types of cancer. Further up the chain, mTOR is naturally activated by phosphatidylinositol 3-kinase via AKT. So by inhibiting phosphatidylinositol 3-kinase, you block some of the action of the mTOR pathway and therefore hopefully slow cancer growth. Now, PIK3CA is the gene that codes for phosphatidyl inositol 3 kinase, and some HR positive HER2 negative breast cancers show a mutation in this gene. This mutation makes a phosphatidyl inositol 3 kinase with a change in its P110 alpha subunit. This then means that regulation of it firing off is poorer than it should be, so activation of mTOR et al. happens more often and cancers therefore grow more quickly. So, for people with a PIK3CA mutation, blocking phosphatidyl inositol 3 kinase is a really sensible step as you're going to the root of the problem and trying to stop it at source, rather than waiting for mTOR to be overactivated and trying to sort out the consequences with an mTOR inhibitor like Everolimus, or try to catch it even later with a CDK4-6 inhibitor, which is activated by mTOR and also all the other three-letter acronym pathways in oncology like JAK, MEC, RAS, RAF, etc. Which is why alpalisib is here, Turn off the overactive tap at source, rather than let the bath overflow and chase round with a mop and bucket afterwards. So that's the theory, but does it actually work? Well rather than repeat all the hard work and try and do a systematic review ourselves, let's use NICE's, because they'll definitely have done it better and more systematically than we could ever achieve. And this is where the job gets a bit tricky, as quite a lot of the data mentioned in the NICE fad is flagged as confidential by the company, so it's simply not in the document. Nice will have seen it, but you can't, pleb. But of the stuff that you can see, 121 people in the Bileave trial were given alpelisib plus fulvestrant after treatment with a CDK4-6 inhibitor and aromatase inhibitor. This was an open label, so everyone knew what they were getting. Single arm, so no comparator, non-randomised study. Nervous yet? Good. It saw that at 6 months, about 50% of people were progression-free, which is more than the 30% that they thought would be a good result. Or, in trials language, 30% having at least 6 months progression-free survival was the clinically meaningful threshold. So it looks like it does something, but lots of things do something. The important question is, is that something better than the thing we were doing before? So what we were doing before wasn't nothing, it was Everolimus and X-Mestane. And as you can tell by the fact it's a single-arm trial that we looked at, this isn't what we compared our polyp to. So how can we do the comparison? Well, we need to do an indirect comparison, which is rather hideous and beyond our meagre skills. But it's not beyond NICE's. They use some fancy statistics to do a comparison, but surprise, surprise, the results are considered confidential by the company again, so aren't in the NICE fad again. However, NICE do a critique of what they put into the method, and there are a few things that they flagged up as a concern. The main one being that the trials they use for the Everolimus exomestane data recruited different people into them both in types of cancer and HER2 status and in the other treatments that they'd had before. In trials language there was a lot of heterogeneity in the data, which is a bad thing because heterogeneity in the data may mean that you're comparing apples to oranges or space shuttles to cats. So, Nice concluded that Alpalisib fulvestrant may be better than Everolimus Mestane, but this was highly uncertain because of the indirect comparison and heterogeneity of the data which is as good as we can go, because, well, confidentiality, apparently. So after this, NICE have said that it might be better than current treatment options, but they aren't sure. So is it cost-effective? Well, they did do an analysis and put a target cost of £50,000 per quality on it. So did it reach this? Apparently so, if the company sell it at a particular price to the NHS. So what is this price that makes it cost-effective? Well, as you might guess, that's confidential. And it's even confidential from the NHS as well. But that's okay, because the company has promised that it will sell it at the price it agreed with Nice, even though Nice can't tell the NHS what that price might be. Let's hope pharmacy procurement are up for the challenge, hey? Kafka didn't even get close to describing the modern NHS. But let's not lose all hope. So after reading the fad, what can we say? Well, Alpalisib has a plausible mechanism of action and a small amount of trial data suggests that six-month progression-free survival is around 50%, which is apparently quite good. Is it as good as the alternative Everolimus exemestane? It looks probable, though with a high degree of uncertainty, because it wasn't compared directly. And comparing between different trials is really risky because of the chances that other factors, like the recruitment of different types of patients or different ways of conducting the trials, might throw things off. Comparing two different trials fairly is a tricky thing to do, and confidence in any answer will be lower than with a direct comparison. So it looks like NICE's recommendation is sensible, as a second-line option for people with hormone receptor positive, HER2 negative, PIK3CA mutation positive, advanced breast cancer. But it would be really great for our understanding, if there was a little bit less confidentiality around. And that's it. Hopefully it's been interesting, or useful, or maybe even both and given you a chance to think about the risks of indirect comparisons between trials and the uncertainties that that adds in, about how heterogeneity of data is a good phrase to chuck in if you want to sound clever, as well as how having a play with the numbers and thinking about things yourselves is a whole lot easier if the numbers are actually there, rather than squirrelled away because they're somehow confidential. Oh, and for the bonus point, how's this topic linked to our favourite Christian festival-themed island? Well, the target cascade we've been talking about, mTOR, Is called mTOR because it's the mammalian target of rapamycin. And as we all know, rapamycin is so-called because it was found in a streptomyces species, mycin, on Rapa Nui, Rapa, rapamycin. And Rapa Nui is also known by the name of Easter Island. Take a bonus point if you got it. Actually, take the bonus point anyway, just for listening all the way through. You deserve it. Thanks, and see you next time.